0: Hey, I'm John Darr with Dar with Darshak Insurance and I'm here with Terry Regar and we are from the Darshak Al employee benefits team and we are getting ready to deliver this big check. $15,000 is going out to one of our clients. Oh. Come on let's go. Okay. Oh it's a big it's a big oh, check. Heavy. Let's see if it'll even fit in the car. Oh my goodness. Oh. Got it. Got it. I don't think so. I'm excited to deliver this big check to an employer that had a great year with their employee benefit plan. Not everybody's eligible, but if they are, you too could qualify for a big check. So we finally made it here to deliver the DSI big check. Now for client confidentiality reasons, we can't take you inside. But if you think your business might qualify for a DSI big check, make sure you call Terry or I at 352-338-0552 or click the link below. Oh, cut, no. cut.
1: All right, you are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast podcast the coronavirus sessions this is what we're doing we are interviewing business owners business leaders members of the community every weekday at noon for about a half hour just kind of talking about how we are navigating this coronavirus together and how we're going to get our community through this baby Uh, I just believe in Gainesville I believe in you so much we're going to get through this and we're gonna get through this together Um, let me introduce to you the one the only the best co-host on the face of the planet Michael Deeds. what's up man how are you
2: I'm doing well man I appreciate that you always give me such nice love I like your shirt there
1: bro look at this one boom yeah uh, you
2: know, some people might be interested in getting a podcast shirt
1: yeah how would how they, they get they one that? Michael
2: yeah they, they can buy one on the wog store and all proceeds go to podcasts like this that's
1: right so definitely support our podcast uh, just go to com, click shop and buy buy a shirt support us and help us out. Um, also, please, like, w- I mean, we're definitely looking for help right now. We're trying to pay our team as well, just like every small business across across the city right now, across the nation right now, across the world right now. Um, so we've been saying you can submit donations to us through Venmo if that's something that you're willing to do. Um, you can just Venmo me at Colin Austin, C-O-L-L-I-N-A-U-S-T-I-N, C-O-L-L-I-N-A-U-S-T-I-N colin austin on benmo and you know any donation even if it's a buck i mean like whatever five bucks like help help us out it just goes to helping us uh you know pay our team to do this and so we're super appreciative of you guys and we want to thank we want to thank sponsors man sponsors have been helping us yeah. out like whoa um definitely love our sponsors so this this episode is brought to you by dar Shackow insurance baby brad you know them <laughs> over there brad 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 knows them. Brad's, Brad's a big fan of Dar Shackow. I'm a a client.
0: I'm a client of Dar Shackow as well. I mean, come on.
1: There you go. go. Brad is a client. Uh, so Dar Shackow insurance. Thank you guys so much for your support. Definitely check them out at Dar Shackow insurance.com supporter sponsors. They'll take care of all your insurance needs. They take care of all of our insurance needs and uh, just super appreciative of John Dar. Uh, and, and the team and everybody over at Darshak Health Insurance. So we're going to get right into this episode and talking about a throwback to episode <laughs> number two. Number two, you guys. Brad Gamble is back from the selling factory joining us to talk a little bit about this virus and everything. Brad, what's up, man? Can you, can you believe we've made it this far? I mean, you were episode anyway, number two, man.
0: Number two. Who would have thought
1: who would have thought? I mean, is it what, what's the most interesting thing that's happened with the podcast? Like, from your point of view, being, being in that first, like, episode number two experience. I mean, I, I recall, heavily, I mean, it's kind of funny that we had audio issues back then, because I feel like this is going to be crappy audio again with, uh, with our Zoom format here. But uh, um, what's been what's been interesting about the podcast since episode two from your from your perspective, knowing that you were that that one of those first guests?
0: I would say that your guests are much better now than they were in episode two. Uh, the de- <laughs> no, no offense to James Bates. Uh, de- <laughs> um, but uh, I'd say the production quality is is, is really, really a lot better than it was uh, back then. I didn't have anything to compare it to. So, uh, but I think just that the changes you guys have made to bring in such amazing entrepreneurs and business leaders and, and influential people throughout the community has been awesome. I've probably seen 80% of the episodes I'm guessing. Um, and uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I listen to you guys if I'm going on a run or I'll uh, have you on my second screen at work while I'm trying to get work done on the first screen. Um, and I really think, uh, learning about, uh, learn about the businesses. I know the, the example we started, uh, um, we started, uh, doing our team meetings, you know, offsite, uh, because of, uh, episodes, we, uh, big fans, uh, big fans of Halo Potato Donuts. Uh, we were the Halo Potato shout out uh, Drew. And he's like, Hey, I saw your podcast. I'm like, I saw your podcast too. And it was, it was pretty cool. So, uh. <laughs> definitely uh, definitely it's, it's 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 definitely put a nice warm blanket over the entire community so good job guys
1: it's cool man it's it's cool to see the the connections and the people uh you know meeting each other doing business with, with each other because of some of these mm-hmm. episodes so it's really really cool, but um, man, let's get into it. Like, talk talk to us about this about this virus because you're very much in a, you're in a very similar boat as us, right? I mean, you your yeah. your employees are college students, and, and now yeah. like they're gone. So, uh, kind of talk to us about you know what's what happened when you found out like uh, like us, sure. University of Florida is going to take classes online for two weeks was what they said, right? Now we know that mm-hmm. that's much longer. I mean, what were the first steps that you took? What was your response? What were the conversations happening with your leadership team, et cetera?
0: Yeah, so we, uh, so, in the start of the year, um, you started hearing about this coming, uh, but to be honest, everybody was so busy with their lives. You know, the economy's roaring, unemployment is low, we're all crushing our goals, and you're like, oh, that's something that I don't have to worry about right now, and then it starts getting a little closer, a little closer, and all of a sudden, wham, it's here, and, we got the notice along with 52,000 students at UF that they were moving all of their classes to remote. And I believe that was on March 10th that that happened. So our leadership team got together on the 12th. Um, and this was right, on the, right after spring break. Our students had been back for maybe a day or two uh, after spring break. So our leadership got together and we decided to move our team remote on March 12th and so really we got a little bit of a head start from uh from a remote standpoint which is in hindsight now was 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 great i'm really i'm super glad we did it as early as we did because uh there's some there's some things that you have to get used to with working remotely i mean all of us can go home and you know check emails and do work from our loading room that's necessarily working remote but to completely have no human interaction in person to be able to do the coaching, the training, working with your team, seeing people, checking in on them throughout the day. I mean, that just went to zero. So we, uh, so our entire team went remote uh, by the 12th, and we've been, we've been doing that ever since.
1: Did you guys already have um, like resources set up, like Zoom or, or the, you know, cause one of the things that I found that I did immediately was I got a Zoom account. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I, hadn't, I had never had one before, uh, but I was, I'm just wondering if you had picked up any resources like that, or if you had already been had them and had been executing them already. Like, was there anything yeah, good, new that
0: happened? Good question. So we do occasionally have team members that do work remotely. So let's say during spring break or during winter break or during summer break, um, we have students that go home uh, oftentimes and they can still do work remotely. So we had a little bit of experience from a remote working standpoint um, leading up to this event. Now, we, I mean, we, use, uh, we had already been using Slack, we've already been using Trello, we've already been using Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts. Uh, we live out of Google platforms anyway. Uh, the only thing I think that we added really was, um, no, actually I take that back, everything that, oh, uh, is our phone system. Is our ability to remotely tie into our phone system at the office as previously, we can only do outbound calls and lead generation from our physical phones in the office. And our phone system from uh, Boris at IT Masters, um, uh, our phone system was was equipped to have an app to where you can do remote dialing, remote calling. We just never used it, never had a reason to. So that took a little bit of, that took about a week or so to work out the kinks of, but um, since then our, our team has been I mean, I would say 90 percent productive working from their home, be it in Gainesville or New York or Miami or Atlanta or wherever they are. They're all working remotely, right? now And able to make calls.
1: That's yeah, great. I, we, we probably got to get Boris on here, Mike. I'm thinking. I, I just want to yeah. know, like, I just want to know how his business just instantly went to like this this demand of like, "Yo, dude, I need you to set us up remotely now." Because <laughs> I, I feel like that's what we did. We we're like, like, yo, dude." Yeah. VPNs we need to get we need to access our point of sale our server we need to be able to check messages I mean like everything so I I, like I know we already had some of that capability right Mike I mean we already had
2: like you already had phone calls being ported to your. yeah
1: uh, but it wasn't online yet
2: I was just hoarding it all for myself. But now I'm letting you have some of that fun of the, the ported phone calls and voicemail stuff. No, but Boris, he's funny. Uh, I mean, he's been absolutely slammed. When I was talking to him earlier, getting some VPN and stuff, he's been absolutely slammed, as you can imagine. All these businesses that are now shifting to this remote world and have all these demands on them uh but he's handling it like a pro like he always is and uh you know i'm thinking all this organic word of mouth he's getting from us he might have to be a paid sponsor soon you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously
2: he's getting all this free promo
1: (laughs) boris you get all this free promo uh man no but it's crazy it's it's a good thing that we did have that as a resource though because Mm -hmm. um my phone's been blown up like the shops the the calls going to the shop do not stop at all like it, it, my phone's over here vibrating as we speak. I mean, it's just like going, going, going. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's good that we've had those resources. And then I actually messaged Mike yesterday saying, I need, I need more team members, uh, to be able to check this, the phone call because I've I've been in meetings all day doing this, this kind of stuff and talking to people all day and trying to do everything else that I have to do that I haven't been able to answer all of the customer phone calls. And I want to make sure that we do, because if there's a time that we actually like, actually i mean if there's a time where we desperately i should say desperately need right. uh, re- revenue and business it's right now right so i want to make sure that we're not missing anything i mean i, I always want to make sure that we're not missing anything but again with it kind of being a desperate desperate time definitely want to make sure that we're on, on top of that game um so brad like from a i i mean all your employees are students mm-hmm. i mean are, like are they still working like what like what are you guys doing right now
0: yeah, so we have, I would say we have a team now of about 40 to 45 students, and it's interesting. We, we just, uh, we're onboarding 10 new students right now, or over the next month or so. They're going to be working into the summer semester, and this is the, <clears throat> the first hiring class that we've ever had that has been fully remote. So we had our info session remote. We've had our training sessions remote. They've never set foot outside of their interview maybe a month ago. They've never set foot inside the selling factory. So, uh, so we have uh, te- new team members that are starting. We have, uh, we have, unfortunately, a lot of our students that had plans to travel abroad this summer uh, to say Italy or Spain or Israel uh, for um, uh, study abroad programs. Those have all been canceled, which is really a shame because it's something, of course, they're really looking forward to what that means now is that they have the ability to work at the selling factory uh, over the summer where otherwise they couldn't. Um, and and we have some, I'd say probably about half of our students' internships are still good to go. And usually they're with larger companies that it's not really affecting them as much, um, or they're still willing to bring on the internships that they uh, committed to over the summer. Uh, we have, I would say, From a client standpoint, we have had a reduction like so many companies have. We have had a reduction in revenue and a reduction in clients using our services. I mean, that's a lot of that is the case of companies that are in the event space or the hospitality space. Um, And we have some uh, campaigns that we were ramping up for that got bumped out a month or two that we were unable to start, at least not yet. So, So, uh, real quick, real quick. And,
1: and I have a bad habit of doing this because I just, like, I, I just assume that like, everybody knows who you are and, and knows yeah. every business that I have on here. But I, I'm sure somebody's listening that has, that has no clue what you're even talking about right now. So just give a 30-second like, pitch of like, what, what you guys do, what your business is all about.
0: Sure. So The Selling Factory is a sales training and development company where we recruit, hire, train, and manage University of Florida students and teach them entry-level sales development skills. Things like lead generation, email outreach, outbound phone campaigns, inbound phone campaigns, Uh, and then we also support companies that need those types of duties done on an outsourced basis. So companies that need help with building out sales channels, building out revenue streams, doing lead generation and prospecting, we're able to marry these two populations together, our, our trained student teams, as well as our companies that want to outsource these job functions to us, and that's what happens at Selling Factory.
1: Yeah. So now that these students, you're onboarding people. They're completely remote. I mean, are the are the are these students just working at home on their phones, calling these people? Like, how how are you guys yeah. navigating the the business aspect of it now with them with everybody being scattered everywhere? Because I know you guys they the students will work in little groups of of teams, right? Like, they'll have like four or five people working on one client. Like, are those four and five people still like getting together and meeting? Or is it just kind of like everybody's scattered everywhere and they're, they have their role and responsibility and they're just tackling it individually
2: at this point?
0: So this is where having an incredibly strong leadership team um, uh, comes in extremely helpful at times like this. And luckily, thankfully, we have a really strong leadership team. So there's myself, my two business partners, uh, Ian and Adam, and our director of uh, Gainesville, Jared, and our campaign manager, Zach. So we have our five-person leadership team. What we do is every day we huddle up, um, and now pretty much Jared and Zach are handling this, uh, huddle up and say what are going to be the job functions required for the next day. So we're able to assign tasks to everybody. Uh um, so that the next day, when our when a team member is ready to so quote unquote clock in for work, they check uh, Trello to find out what jobs they that are available for, to work on, and it's already set up for them. It used to be when somebody would come in, a student would come into the selling factory, they say, Hey, what am I working on today? And we say, Oh, you're going to work on this project or that project. Well, now since we don't have that interaction anymore, uh, it's all remote. They can check the Trello boards and see what they're going to be working on. So. Uh, but having people at, available at all times at our mission control, so to speak, uh, with Jared and Zach, that's, that is the linchpin. That's really what allows all of our students, if they have questions, um, we set up Slack channels for every single one of our clients, even channels for each of our projects that we're working on. Questions are popping up. They're able to hop in, ask questions, Jared and Zach can answer those questions. So that day-to-day management of the teams really is it's working really well. Uh, and I'm, I'm super proud of those guys who have been able to do. Um, ironically, I feel that a lot of what we've learned and we've been forced to do during this time is actually going to make us a heck of a lot better down the road. Um, because now, you know, th- there were things that we were doing before that we probably didn't have to do. And now we've been forced to plan and prepare remotely. Uh, there's a lot of these systems that we'll probably keep in place even when students start coming back into the selling factory because it's just going to make us that much more productive. Um, you know, So uh, so we have had to do a lot of cross-training, and typically a student at the selling factory will not just work on one campaign during their, their time. They'll work on multiple campaigns. So typically a student will be trained on two, three, or four different client campaigns at a time. So there is a lot of shifting around of resources if we're – coming to the project for one company, they can move to another company's uh, project. So there is a lot of, um, multi- I hate the word multitasking, there's a lot of movement around on where they're focusing their time throughout the month. Um, luckily, our students are incredibly smart, very agile, tech savvy, and love the constant, um, really having the, the challenge of learning about our companies and be able to help them in the campaigns.
2: How have any like, account, accountability measures that you had in place when everybody was coming to the selling factory, how have those changed now that you've got this 45-person college demographic team that's working remote you know, all over the, you know, the country here? Like, how have those accountability measures changed?
0: So we've had to figure out how did we hold people accountable before, and then how can we hold them accountable now? Uh, so, some things that we've done for accountability standpoint is when somebody comes into work, they have to check in on Slack. So in our Slack channels that we have, say for client, A, they will come in and, you know, Ryan checks in and Josh checks in and Sarah checks in and Lauren checks in. So they're, they're in and they're in the system. We can see them in the system. We can see them working within the campaign, whether it's making calls or doing research or sending out emails, whatever it might be. And because everything we do is pretty quantitative, we can tell how many leads are being researched and populated at a time, how many emails are being sent, uh, how many calls are being made. It's actually it, it, it's actually pretty pretty simple to see how they're doing and 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 uh, be able to hold them accountable for that. Uh, I I think the one thing that's missing out of all this is social time. <laughs> to where you know. It, if you think about it, if somebody is working for one hour, and say 15 minutes of that hour is just some fun conversation, what did you do this weekend? How are things going? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. That's literally 25% of that hour that went away. Well, they don't get; they seemingly don't have those same interactions that they used to. So, productivity has remained really high. Um, now. Ideally, I want them to have those interactions. I want them to meet new people in selling factory, and there's been a lot of friendships made from different groups of people that have come in there uh, because of that. So I don't want that to ever go away, but we have seen them keep their productivity very high during this time, and I have to believe it's just because they can focus because there's fewer distractions. Hmm.
1: That's interesting that you said that, because one of my questions was, I mean, now... You know, Mike and I have talked about a, on a couple of the other previous episodes, uh, you know, the changes in like status quo, what becomes the new normal. And I mean, it, it's feasible that like a company like yours figures this out, transitions to a completely remote setup and goes, I don't need a building anymore. I just, I'm saving, I'm saving that rent every month. I don't know what you're paying in rent, but like, I'm, I'm sure it's something. And so now you're like uh, oh it is <laughs> we're like now we can save that money and have everybody be remote i mean is that even a inch like of a thought like right now i mean or is it like now nah, like when this thing's done we're definitely we're definitely going to go back everything's going to go back to the way it was i mean
0: is it an yes. option <laughs> so it's it it we don't believe it's an either or uh we have there's something to be said for the environment that we've created at the selling factory and our students have created, it's fun. I mean, Colin, you've been there a bunch. Um, I mean, you walk in, it's just fun. There's people, there's activity, there's people making calls, it's, there's, there's action happening. Uh, it's really hard to replicate that in a remote environment. Um, however, the points you bring up about rent, um, utility bills, things like that that, are, that just cost a lot of money that might not be necessary, Yes, we've had a lot of those discussions and how this potentially could change our business model for the for the good for the for the betterment of the company going forward. And what it might mean is that you know our our dream was ultimately to have to have in in every large college town across the U.S. a five to six thousand square foot facility with forty to fifty workstations, and we pull students in from all over from the local university, and that was our model, but. It might mean that maybe we we still have the in-person model for say phone campaigns and things that take a lot more training, but we have double that workforce working remotely on projects that you don't necessarily have to be in the office to do things like research and lead generation and email outreach, things like that. So yes, we have been we have been thinking about that, and you know if if, if we're able to reduce some of those fixed costs like rent and utilities and not eliminate them, but reduce them. I, I don't think that we're at a point where we are going to be a, I say this now, I don't envision us being a fully remote company. Um, it just, that's just wasn't the vision of the selling factory from, from day one, uh, but with that, I feel that we could certainly have a hybrid model to where we do have the in-person uh, aspects of what we do but we have a way more significant remote presence than we have than what we had previously to this.
2: So I wanna talk a little bit about, a little bit more, go deeper on the productivity aspect because I think one of the interesting things that Colin and I have talked about uh, early on when we first started this remote, we, we have techs that are working from our dealership uh, servicing scooters and right now, that's the only revenue that's really coming in and we need them more than ever, you know, turning on as much work as possible. But what's interesting is, like you mentioned, um, you, you know, there's those the, the distractions that happen during the day uh, aren't happening as frequent whenever you don't have as many people there. So it, it kind of makes sense that someone might be a little bit more productive in one hour's worth of work than they would be under normal scenarios. So one of the things that, that we kind of got in was, the, one of the first days that our service team went remote, they wanted to leave an hour early, <laughs> and and so I had that conversation with them and said, "Okay, well, what got done today? Uh, you know, I want to know the metrics, like how how, how productive were they, and yeah. if you guys if you guys feel like you got enough done, I, I know as as a you know person that used to be kind of the average employee myself, like I know that they're asking to leave because they've checked out, <laughs> so yeah. they can stay for that hour, and I can pay them to do nothing." you know, on one hand, mm-hmm. but we're looking at it as as employers saying, no, but I want you to be productive for that hour. Um, but it's a capacity issue that they're not used to working under. I think we do a lot of things during our normal day to sustain ourselves for eight hours of work time. But if we're being more productive or equally productive in less time, I think we get this, this checkout mentality, or at least some of our employees do. So, I just kind of want your, your thoughts on that. Is it something that you worry about with your team or measure against? Or you say that you encourage those interactions when things are normal. So kind of what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Hold on. First thing can, I, can I just add <laughs> one, one more element to this, though? Because I Go. think you're missing – I think there's a big piece missing. And, and the, the, the piece that's missing is the fact that we do not know whether or not we will be open in a week. Mm-hmm. Like there's this over for me, I'm looking at that hour and I'm saying we have an hour like let's let's use it where because I don't know that in a week from now, the the government, the city, whoever is going to say you cannot go into work. Do not go. And right now we have the opportunity to use that hour to earn revenue where we might not have that opportunity in the future. And so that's that's the only thing I we'll say, or add on to this. And then I would love to hear Brad's thoughts on this. Okay, go. Well,
0: well, luckily I don't think the government's going to be closing down anybody's homes. So, and since the work that our team is doing is from home, uh, that's, that's the safest place they can be. So it's a little, little bit different there. Um, you know, Mike, we have, you know, something you just mentioned staying productive in an eight hour day. One one of the tenets of our business model is that we, our team members, work short shifts at a time. We actually sell one of our selling points against. Or against one of our selling points for, for companies is that our student working for four hours will be at worst as productive as a full-time person working for eight hours. Because what happens is, especially doing the kind of work that we're doing, it can get tedious at times. Um, it, can, it, can, it can grind on you. But that's why our team members are only working two, three, or four-hour shifts typically. Um, And that way, you can do almost anything for two or three hours. Um, And that same type of role in an eight-hour period, I think, absolutely would cause massive burnout. And I would rather not pay that person for those extra hours and say, just check out. Rather than sitting at their computer at home burning through a couple hours if they're not working, watching Netflix, whatever so we uh, so we've actually that that's that's one of our core beliefs is that you get more out of people working shorter shifts and we actually get we have the luxury of that thankfully because we have part-time students working for us so they can't be full-time they can't work eight hours a day um, we actually we, we, the, for the kind of work that they're doing we don't want to bring people on but we'll do that for eight hours a day now management leadership positions different story our team is is working eight hours a day plus managing it but they're they're managing a bunch of different things throughout the day. From our student standpoint, uh, they're only working two, three, maybe a four-hour shift, and then they're done. So we get a lot of productivity out of that short period of time, and we don't have to worry about that eight-hour minute, thankfully. Is
2: that possible, Colin? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> it's tough because, like, we – it's tough because, like we, we don't have that luxury. Like you said, uh, you have the luxury of being able to work from home. Uh, we, we do to some extent, but like our service personnel don't. Um, you know, they have to work where the lifts are, where the scooters are, where their tools are. Um, and and I think that that's been one of the challenges. Um, for one, is, is having everybody healthy enough to show up. But then, yeah. then having having the measures in place, understanding what the capacity changes have been. Because I think what's interesting, and Colin will, will totally attest to this, is they, from our service department, they, the rhetoric is constantly, if we could just shut the doors down for a week and, and be able to work without the distractions of, of walk-in appointments or, or the, the changes that happen during the day, that we'd be so much more productive. Well, now they get that shot, right? But yeah. <laughs> the idea of working seven hours, eight hours straight with an hour lunch break with no interruption, focused mentally on diagnostics, repair, making sure, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them. They're dealing with the safety of you know, somebody's transportation to be engaged for that long without those you know, sustaining distractions, I think has been a, a challenge for them. I think it'd be a challenge for a lot of people to kind of just stay engaged that long when they're not used to it.
0: But would you not agree that, somebody uninterrupted could produce more in six hours than somebody being interrupted could produce in eight hours. I would totally agree. So if that's the case, then what it might mean is that you have six hour shifts um, and you, you maybe you don't need as much staff. I mean, in in this current environment that we're in, of course, it's probably not realistic to think that this would happen forever, but, um, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like, you know, you'd be getting more productivity in less time. Therefore, if you think of daily output, you could be even further ahead than you would be in a normal interruptive eight hour day.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would hope that they've been very, very productive. I, you know, we're, we're holding a, a zoom team meetup at the end of the day. We did that yesterday at 6 PM. Um, at least with our leadership team and our, and our service leadership and, and kind of seeing where things have progressed, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how productive it has been. I mean, do you know, Mike? Has it been overly you productive?
2: Is the recap they, itself or just the, the service I'm talking output?
1: About, I'm talking about just the service output. Like, do you know if the percentage of scooters being serviced has increased because of...
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's the thing. Is like I haven't... Honest transparency, I haven't been to the dealership in over two weeks. So I, I, know, what, I know what I'm told and I trust our, our team that's there. Um, I know what I'm told. Uh, I, I do talk with them several times a day and, you know, get updates from them. They ask questions about specific nuanced stuff. And, and, you know, I let them pick my brain. I ask them questions. You know, I'm responding to emails that I don't have all the information to. So we're in constant contact. And, and I don't really doubt it. But I also don't have that firsthand knowledge like I would if I was working from the dealership to kind of be able to see what's getting, you know, finalized and, and what's coming through and getting paid for and that kind of thing. Like, that, you know, maybe we do. Originally, you yeah. know. But it's definitely interesting as, as teams, you know, all these businesses that are going remote, it's that idea of accountability and, and how productivity might change and how does it get rated and compensated? Um, how does the perspective change of, you know, what one person's able to do in the same amount of time under one circumstance at the dealership, at the selling factory, and how that changes for that one person might not be how it changes for another person. Um, so these are all new kind of things that. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing with as this uh, pandemic kind of affects all her businesses.
0: Well, and, ke- and keep in mind too, that our sample size is three weeks right now. It is. Spent, <laughs> people have been remote. So I think time will tell. Um, you know, some people, some people enjoy working from home. They love it. I personally am not a huge fan of it. I mean, I love spending time with my family and doing all kinds of projects around the house that I normally wouldn't be doing. Uh, but I love being in the office. I love interacting with people. I love coaching and training on sites and seeing my team every day. Um, But some people thrive in this type of situation and love to work remote. So I think, I think what this has done though, is this is, it's really accelerated this process. I mean, the world was going more and more, the business world has been going more and more remote over the past, say 10, 15 years. I mean, having the, the, idea of having a distributed workforce was foreign uh many many years ago but now it's a lot more accepted i think what this is going to do is very much accelerate the process of more more people working remotely uh and it being okay it's not something that's frowned upon or people are worried about um if anything people working remotely might even have that fear that people might think that they're not working as hard and therefore work harder you know we'll have to see but i certainly think that Remote work is is here to stay, and and we're going to see nothing but more of this in the in the future, even when we get back to normal. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, we got to wrap up in a minute, but I want to ask you really uh, like just a question around around sales. I mean, like right now, na- right now, the entire business climate is um, is suffering from a sales standpoint. Like businesses, I mean, like I, I'm, I've been looking at our numbers. And I'm like, man, I'd be surprised if we don't take a $300,000 hit just based on the fact that we're not going to sell scooters um, mm-hmm. or, as mm-hmm. mi- or as many as we anticipated at the beginning of the year. Right. So, um, I mean, what's your advice, like, what's your advice to the to businesses out there that, that know that, you know, Hey, we're, Hey, we're going to take a hit but like what like what can we be thinking about from a sales standpoint how can how can we how can we get sales and get us through this in this remote environment in this in this focus like where should our minds yeah. be be set i guess
0: well a couple of things i did when when all when all this really hit in early march the first thing i did personally as a, as a business owner <clears throat> i completely updated and um, laid out my family's budget my family's uh what our expenses are really thinking what if what if i didn't have income uh going forward which you know if our business goes under I don't have an income what does that mean how much runway do we have as a family so i think first and foremost people need to think about their their own family's uh situation financial situation um then when it comes to the business uh what i did was I create and i'll get to your sales question here in a second but i uh, I created a I had monthly cash flow reports and I've, I've had those constantly and then I'm, I'm always reviewing those. I broke those down into weekly cash flow reports and said what is the what is my cash balance for the company to start each week? what is coming in the door what is going out the door and instead of me saying i have I don't know four months of runway as an example. I can say actually I have three months and two weeks of runway, or I have four months and one week of runway. So getting really really granular on what your what your because right now cash is everything. Every I mean cash is what's going to get you through this. If you if you're a bigger company that has a big rainy day fund, awesome. You'll 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 probably weather the storm. If you're a startup that has no bandwidth. Unfortunately, we're seeing companies go out of business left and right, even locally here, which is awful. Um, from a selling perspective, uh, no, very few businesses or people are buying anything right now. And I just think we have to embrace that. We have to realize that unless it's toilet paper or alcohol or <laughs> <laughs> necessities. Yeah, necessities, right? Um, I mean, Crafting games for the kids, video games. I mean, they don't, don't. I mean, don't, don't kid yourself. There's a lot of industries doing very well right now, um, but the vast majority are not doing very well. So, so what does that mean? If you, once you go through and you figure out how how long your company can survive, and also making sure that as a business owner that you are looking at all the different relief packages that are out there, whether it's the federal stimulus, whether it's the uh, Florida, the state, uh, a disaster uh, the $50,000 loan that's available for the state of Florida SBA. There's several, there's a lot of, and it's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of information out there right now. It's kind of confusing and, and people are still working their way through it, but I know there's a lot of resources in and you know, a lot of these folks that can help businesses navigate through that. Um, but from a selling perspective specifically, this is a fantastic time for people to take a step back and say, okay what 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 of our which of our sales channels are working which ones are not how is our team performing what can we do to get under the hood right now while we're all in this pause mode and work on our messaging our content our scripts our strategy our pricing um and prepare ourselves because hopefully it's going to be like when the gates go up and the horses just run out once this thing starts once this economy starts to turn back around what you don't want to be doing is sitting back waiting for that to happen. And when you see that happen, all of a sudden you start figuring out what your sales strategy is. Um, I mean, and that's, that's something that we've had to do ourselves. I mean, at the selling factory has had from a selling perspective is we, uh, you know, we, what our strategy was the first quarter this year when we were having a, a banner first quarter, we just went like this to that strategy and just ripped it up and said, okay, what are we going to do now? So our leadership team has been meeting every single day to talk about what markets can we, um, uh, what industries could we help right now? Um, what, what different types of companies can we really provide value for? And how do we approach those companies and say, look, you want to be ready for when the, the economy starts to come back. We can help you do that. So I think that it's a really good time for people to take care of their health, take care of their finances and take care of their strategy while we're all in this pause mode right now. Just be
1: prepared. Are you guys ready to do uh, cold call scooter sales? Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, we're, we're, we're B2B, bro. Sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, you might have to innovate and change the model. You don't know?
2: I'll sell scooters to businesses.
0: That's no problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Brad. That's exactly yeah. right.
0: If you, you, um, gotta figure, you gotta figure out how to do it remotely right now <laughs> right
1: no it's definitely definitely a challenge We're yeah. working on it um dude thank you so much for joining us you got, yeah always, you always have great perspective i'm in a mastermind group with brad and like i mean i i always uh am seeking this guy's this guy's uh opinion on all of my business manners and uh you know i just i just appreciate you joining us today man and and helping us lift gainsville up a little bit and uh, get you know get get through this you know so good luck to you guys if there's anything we can do to help you just let us know but why don't you tell our audience where they can connect with you where they can you know if, if they have a business that's trying to 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 you know do what you guys sure. do like where can they connect with you
0: absolutely so you can connect with us uh at the is our website you can email us at grow g-r-o-w at the you can find us at facebook uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, uh, at The Selling Factory, lots of different channels out there. And um, I mean, we're happy to talk to anybody. I mean, we, we have a lot of discussions with people, even if it's not a good fit for our business. We just love helping business owners think through sales strategy, sales problems. And that's one of the reasons why we started not only to to build a profitable company, of course, but also to be able to help other business owners. So we're happy to chat. Uh, to love it, man. Appreciate right. you, man.
1: Nice. Hey,
2: thanks, so much. And,
1: uh, and Gainesville, everybody. Mike, you yeah, any last words?
2: No, you're good, man. Go ahead. Wrap it up. Wrap it up.
1: <laughs> uh, Gainesville, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Thank you for <clears throat> supporting local business. Now is the time to support your local businesses more than ever. Go buy gift cards. Go go pick up that order from the restaurant. Like Whatever. Support your local businesses right now. This is, this is the time. We, we all desperately need it. And uh, we're going to get through this. Stay strong, Gainesville. I love you. We love you. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> there it is. There it is, the delay. <laughs> we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye. See